Good morning. Again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. God enables us to do more than just exist and survive. And as one preacher stated, Christians ought to be drinking from the saucer. Uh, Now, if you know Psalm 23, uh, you'll get that. Uh, The power of God provides for us and protects us. The promises of God inspire and give us hope. And the presence of God encourages and uplifts us. Thus, we are because God is. And isn't it good to know that in a world full of trouble, we are more than conquerors? Uh, The psalmist declares in Psalm 46, verse 1, he says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention this morning again to Philippians chapter 1. Uh, the text that was read into our hearing, and we want to read again there verse number 18. Uh, Philippians 1, verse 18. What then, notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Based on the words of the apostle here in Philippians chapter 1, we want to use this morning as a subject, the power of purpose. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in Philippians chapter 1, for clarity's sake, appreciate the context of the word power as we use it this morning. Now, I know and believe with everything in me that Jesus is our power. Uh, In this very letter, in chapter 4, verse 13, Paul would declare, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So when we talk about power, there's no inherent power, there's no real power other than God. Uh, When we talk about things having power, like the power of prayer, Uh, Well, the power of prayer resides in the power of the God to whom we pray. If we talk about the power of faith, well, uh, the power of faith resides in the surety of the fact that God is God. So when we talk about the power of purpose, uh, uh, the power of purpose resides in the surety and the fidelity of God's integrity. I I know that there's no inherent power in purpose. But when God dictates the purpose, when the purpose is founded on the will of God and the word of God, then in that context it can be said to have power. And as we examine the case of the Apostle Paul in the context, uh, consider the question, why am I here? Why do you get up each morning? Why do you get out of bed? Why do you go through a day's work? Why do you endure the things that you endure? Why do you keep going from day to day? These questions beg to be answered. And the importance of this is my purpose will determine my practice. And nowhere is this fact more evident than in the example of Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus was a man of purpose. 
I, I remember him declaring in Luke 19 in verse number 10 that the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. So if you ask Jesus, why did you take on flesh to save that which was lost? Why do you endure hardships and sufferings to save that which was lost? Why are you willing to give your life as a sacrifice to save those that are lost? Jesus was a man of purpose. And I submit to you that any cause, any group, any organization that does not have a clear and abiding purpose is destined to fail. See, enthusiasm and excitement may get a cause off to a good start, but it's commitment to purpose that will sustain an effort over the long haul. You ever seen people just be uh, 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 hyped over something? Everybody just all excited. That wears off after a time. If there is no commitment, uh, you know, that's part of the problem in relationships. You know, you got to have some commitment for, for marriage to last. That, that they, when you listen to those vows, those vows speak of commitment for better or worse in sickness and in health. See, there got to be some purpose there. Yeah, it's exciting for richer and for better. Yeah, those carry themselves. But boy, you better have some purpose to carry you through worse and in sickness. God is a God of purpose. We see this fact in the deliberate and orderly work of God in the creation. You know, if you go back and read Genesis chapter 1, you just see from the way God did things that he had a purpose. I, I, I want man to enjoy what I've created. You know, he didn't just create things at, at random. There was a deliberate order and design to what he did. God created man, whom he gave dominion over the earth, as a being of purpose. You remember the great declaration of Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 13? Now let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Solomon there declares that our purpose is to serve God. The great commission by Christ to the church is a declaration of purpose. What does Jesus call us to do? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, uh, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. There is purpose there for our existence. And I further submit to you that whenever we go through periods uh, of stagnation or valleys, somewhere in that episode, one of the things that I need to do is revisit or reconsider my purpose. See, a, a, a lack of purpose will lead you to a valley every time. So when we look at the Philippian letter, Paul was a man of purpose. And, and this is evident from his letter uh, uh, that he wrote to the Philippian Christians. See, Paul embraced his purpose as an apostle of Jesus to preach the gospel. You remember he makes the statement in Romans chapter 1 that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to save uh, 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 to the Jew first and also to the Greek. When we look at the example of Paul and we look at the example of Jesus, uh, one of the things that we are able to determine is that Christians are called by God to be difference makers in this world. How else would we explain the declaration of Jesus that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world? 
And when we look at Paul, Paul kept sight of his purpose. And because he kept sight of his purpose, he, he had a different perspective on sufferings. See, as God's children, when we have purpose and when we are faithful to that purpose, we'll be difference makers in this world in which we live. When we look here at Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse number 12, Paul says, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. You ever had unpleasant things happen to you in your life? And, and, and don't we have this way uh, uh, when unpleasant things happen uh, of dwelling on why it's not fair and, and how this isn't right? But, but notice Paul's perspective uh, on, on his suffering. Paul didn't say it wasn't fair. If Paul didn't cry about it not being right. Paul said, what I want you to understand is that the things I'm suffering have actually helped the gospel be published more widely. See, purpose will motivate you. Paul's willingness to suffer was tied to the fact that his sufferings helped the spreading of the gospel. And one of the things we need to remember as children of God is that in Christ, our purpose is bigger than the individual. You know, when we remember that, uh, uh, it changes our attitude. It changes our talk. We don't run around talking about, oh, woe is me. Rather like the disciples, we're glad to suffer if God is glorified through it. And when I stay true to my purpose... Uh, I'm willing to serve and to suffer when needed. You know, we can be selective in our service and sure enough selective in how we're willing to suffer. But when I remember what my purpose is, uh, you know, I'm not selective in how God uses me. I'm just glad for, of the fact that he does. But appreciate in the absence of purpose, there will be no motivation. In the absence of purpose, you start wondering, why am I here? Do you remember Solomon in Ecclesiastes? He kept making the statement, vanity of vanity, all is vanity. Well, why would Solomon keep saying that? Remember, Ecclesiastes at the outset is a look at life without God. And whenever you look at life without God, one of the things you've done is taken the purpose out of living. And when you take the purpose out of living, the question you're left with is, what's the point? You know, if there is no God, what's the point? Why should we work and acquire things? At some point, you're going to die, and for all you know, a fool may inherit what you've worked for. If there is no God, then life is just go through the motions, but nothing ever amounts to anything. When we look at our lives, consider what is your purpose? You know, some people have purposes and don't even appreciate uh, that they're not living for the most noble of purposes. You know, paying bills is a purpose. Some folk, that's why they go to work. I got bills to pay. Now, I'm not saying that's the most noble of purposes, but it's a purpose. And yes, if you have bills, you should get a job because you need to pay them. It, it, but see, if my purpose isn't supreme, then after a while my circumstances will override my purpose. See, you'll take stuff on a job up to a point. 
But after a while, look, I don't care what bills I got to pay. I'm not taking any more of this. I, I, I not only need to have a purpose, but I need to have the highest of purposes. See, I, I must know my purpose in Christ. And, and, and that purpose is to glorify God. Uh, it, it, whatever you do when you look through the New Testament, it keeps coming back to glorifying God. In Matthew 5, verse 16, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. In John 4, verse 34, Jesus declared uh, uh, that his meat or his purpose was to do the will uh, of the Father. See, you got to have purpose when you do things. You know, even worship becomes dull if you don't have a purpose. You know, Sunday after Sunday, we sing some of the same old songs. It seems like my, my circumstances never really change, but we keep coming in singing the same old songs and folk giving me the same theological counsel. Uh, you know, just have faith in God. Just hang in there. Never give up. Uh, but, but if I have no purpose, after a while, those things lose their meaning. See, one of the things we have to preach it, when, when, when we have purpose... See, worship is not restricted to what we do when the church comes together on Sunday. In fact, what the church does when we come together on Sunday is the small part of worship. My life ought to be a worship of God. I ought to worship God every day, and that involves more than just singing songs that make me feel good or, or songs that I like the melody of them. My life is to be a worship of God. I'm here to see that God is glorified through obedience to his will. But not only will purpose motivate you, but, but notice what the apostle says uh, starting at verse 15. He says, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. Now that might be news to us, but people don't always do right because it's right. Paul said, I, sometimes people do the right thing, but they've got ulterior motives. You know, every parent in here should know that. Your child isn't always good because it's right to be good. You know, sometimes they saw something that they wanted in the store. And, and if I'll be good for a while, then maybe mom or dad will buy it for me. Well, well Paul appreciated even in the church, Christians don't always do right because it is right. Maybe I'm going through a tough time and I'm going to put in a benevolence request. Well, maybe if I be good for a while, that they'll be favorable to my benevolence request. Paul said, I know people don't always do right because it's right. But then notice what else he said. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. See, Paul understood purpose will help you keep your priorities straight. See, understanding his purpose helped Paul stay on task. See, his job was not to judge why others were preaching. As long as they preached the truth, Paul rejoiced. You know, maybe we would benefit from that in, in, in the church. I don't have to know why you do what you do. As long as you're doing the right thing, I'll rejoice. 
Paul said that their motives, whether I know, don't know, that's irrelevant. As long as they preach Christ Jesus and him crucified, I'll rejoice. Who knows why we do what we do? As long as we do the right thing, see, my purpose is to glorify God. And as long as you were doing the right thing, Paul said that they can preach out of strife and envy. God will deal with that. I'm just glad that Christ Jesus is preached. See, my purpose is to serve to the best of my ability without regard to the service of others. Do you remember Jesus after he was resurrected talking with the, uh, with the apostles? And remember he talked with Peter and he asked Peter three times, do you love me? And, and then he told Peter uh, uh, how he was going to die. And, and you remember Peter saw John and, and he asked Jesus, what about this man? And Jesus, in a very nice way, told him, stop worrying about other people. You do what I called you to do. Now, when you master what I've called you to do, then maybe you can worry about other people. Now, he said that in a very nice way. But in Galatians chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, Paul declares, but let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for every man shall bear his own burden. See, Christianity is a fellowship, but it's the religion of the responsibility of the individual. See, when I stand before God, God is not going to be concerned about anybody else, what they did, what they said, how they acted, who they were. What did you do in regard to what I commanded? And you know how we like to bring other people in. Well, well, see, Lord, I would have sang with more joy if they had. I, I'm not worried about what they did. You see, what they did is irrelevant when it talks about serving me. See, see, when I come to worship, in a sense, what you do is irrelevant. You ever hear somebody say, I wish they would sing more. I wish they would this. I wish they would that. See, you misunderstand your purpose. When I come here, this is my business with God. Now, it's good when we can share in it together. It's good when we fellowship. Lord knows it's easier to preach to a crowd where everybody is looking and at least nodding their head than when you got a folk sleep over here and over there and, you know, somebody shaking their head because they disagree. Well, I'm not here for you to agree with me. I'm here to declare the truth as God declared it. See, I need to stop worrying about what other folk are doing. See, see, if you're worried about what other folk are doing, there's not too much in life you will enjoy. Paul said they can preach while they want to preach. As long as they preach Jesus, I, I, I'm good. But, but not only will purpose help keep your priorities straight, it will also help keep your motives pure. See, Paul said there might be some that preach out of strife or envy. But, but Paul, as it related to Paul, Paul preached the truth because it pleased God. Jesus, if you remember back in Matthew chapter 6, he rebuked the motive and not the action. Remember, he, he, he said, don't be like the hypocrites. Now, he didn't say don't fast, don't pray, don't give alms. Those things are right in and of themselves. He said, but don't do it for the reason that they do it. See, you don't do things to be seen. But if I remember my purpose, when I do, it's not to be seen, but rather that Christ might be seen in me. Now, if I do right, people will see it. 
But if I do right, people won't see me. They'll see Christ living in me. See, now, if all they see is me, then there needs to be some clarity to the picture. Hey, Brother Cook, you're just very even-tempered. Well, well, see, that ain't me. That, that, that's Christ living in me. See, yeah, you can stand up and take God's glory. Well, I've just learned, you know, you don't get down on people's level and deal with them after the, the manner they did with you. And, and no, I, they, they, there's an old man inside of me saying, you don't have to take that. Uh, you know how to fight fire with fire. But, but, but see, Christ is living in me. And, and, and that's what I want folk to see. You know, didn't it bother you when he said that? Well, well, it bothered the old man. See, but the new man knows better. See, and, I, and the new man and the old man go to war, and I'm glad they war on the inside, and you can't see the war. And, and prayerfully, all you see is the new man coming out on top, and glory be to God. And then third this morning, again from verse number 18, Paul says, What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. Shouldn't we be happy with that? Christ is preached. Look, no matter who preaching, Christ is preached. Paul says, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Purpose will give you power to live in the present. Do you know everybody doesn't have that? Some people are living in the past because they don't have the power to live in the present. Some folk are trying to live in the future because they don't have the power to live in the present. Well, well what's the problem? I don't like my present set of circumstances. I, I, I don't care for the way things are right now. See, purpose gives you power over circumstance. Those that endure hardship and suffering do so because there is a purpose that matters more than their trials. You know, next Sunday is going to be what we call Mother's Day. And I would venture every mother in here has sat up with a sick child. Now, you don't sit up with the sick child because sitting up with a sick child is fun. You sit up with the sick child because you have a purpose that is greater than the child being sick. See, I love the child and want the best for the child. And you sit up with the child, and you know what you don't do to the child? You don't tell the child, you better not never get sick in your life again. Think I'm going to be sitting up with you at night all the time because you can't take care of yourself. The purpose outweighs the circumstance. You sit up with the child that night and gladly sit up with him as many nights as you have to for the child to get better. See, purpose can help take the bondage out of chains. You ever felt chained, you know, just trapped? You know, folk, folk chained and trapped in all kinds of things. Some folk are trapped in relationships. Some folk are trapped in the job. You just feel like the job is going nowhere. Look, I ain't trying to start nothing this morning. I ain't messing with nobody's relationship. <laughs> let, let me use the job. It, it, maybe you feel chained to a job. See, see, if you feel chained to a job, remember your career is not your purpose. You know, when, when, when people ask you, who are you, what do you do? Yeah, yeah I, I may be a doctor to pay the bills, but I'm a child of God. That, that's my overarching purpose. God put me here to serve him. Now, he may have given me ability to provide for a family, whether doctor, lawyer, 
maintenance man, whatever. What, well, whatever God, job God has blessed you with, that's not who you are. That, that's how you provide a living. I am God's child. That's why I'm here. That's the thing that gets me up in the morning. I know I don't get up just to go to a job. And if you do get up to go to a job, one day you're going to get your feelings hurt. Because uh, the job is going to tell you your services are no longer required. For whatever the reason, look, you hang around that work 50, 60 years. At some point, the job is not going to require your services. If that's the reason for your existence, you're going to have a hard time in life. I'm here for more than that. Whatever you do for a living, if the company folds tonight, well, you know what? Tomorrow I get the one ass, but I'm still God's child. See, that's who I am. I'm God's child. My career is not my purpose. My purpose is to glorify God and shine as a light in darkness. And even if my job situation is less than ideal, I would venture that you have co-workers that need to hear the gospel. So, so I ain't going to work to put up with more of the stuff I've been putting up with over the years. I, I, I'm going to work. And yeah, you're going to make money to pay the bills and thank God for that. But God can use me to touch the life of somebody that's yet outside the covenant of grace. You know, even when you're a preacher, you go to work, you, you find people that are outside the covenant of grace. Every Sunday, you, you, you wonder why I, I stand up and rehearse what, what a man needs to do to enter into a right relationship with God. Because every Sunday we have folk that visit with us. And maybe they don't know that news. And maybe you know that news. Well, you never, it never hurts to be reminded of good news. Paul's purpose gave him power to live in the present. You remember in Acts chapter 20, uh, verses 22 through 24. Let me read that for you. Acts 20, verse 22. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Save the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. You ever know that you were getting ready to go through a rough time in your life? Now, now many times the rough time finds you and you have no idea that they were coming. But sometimes you see them coming. And how many times have you seen a rough time coming and say, boy, I can't wait to this time next year because I'll be through the rough time. Well, the Holy Spirit tells Paul tough times are coming. Paul doesn't say, I can't wait till this time next year. Paul said, none of these things move me. I have power to live in the present. Why, Paul? Because I remember my purpose. Paul, uh, uh, God put me here to glorify him. And, and, and this thing is bigger than me, and however God chooses to use me, I'm just glad that he does. Appreciate, purpose does not remove or even lessen the severity of my difficulties, but it does enable me to see the benefit and the necessity to keep going. You know, life is not always about removing the things that are hard or the things that are unpleasant. Sometimes those things are necessary. But it's commitment to my purpose 
that will enable me to keep going. And the very reason that God put us here is to serve him. And Paul said, if that happens by living or by dying, I'm just glad that God allows me the privilege to serve. He remembered his purpose. God wants to use us to reach out to those that are yet outside the covenant of grace. And he does this by calling them by the gospel message. They need to hear the good news that Jesus died for the sins of the world. The Bible declares, Romans 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They need to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. John 8, verse 24, Jesus declares, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. They need to be willing to repent, which is to turn from sin and turn to God. To confess faith in Christ Jesus as the Son of God and then be baptized in water for the remission of sins. And when we go down into the waters of baptism, God washes away our sin, indwells us with his spirit, and he adds us to the church with the expectation that we will live obediently to his word and his will and glorify him through our living. Peter declares, 1 Peter 2 verse 9, that we are called to show the praises of the one who has brought us out of darkness. Perhaps you're here this morning, you want to respond to the invitation, you want the church to pray for you, and if either of these are the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation.